Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No! The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Do Movies Badly, a podcast exploration of my cinematic ignorance. I am your host, Jim Rohner, and despite being an amateur film critic since 2006, I am woefully ignorant of many films, filmmakers, and genres that consensus has deemed important, and thus I have created this podcast to document my journey into cinematic edification. This month, I'm exploring some highbrow horror films, as recommended by Benny Crown, and in this week's episode, I'll be wrapping up the theme by talking about Andrzej Zalowski's 1981 film, Possession. And I have to apologize for the lateness of this episode, the, the slight delay, if there are any people who are still eagerly awaiting that weekly Tuesday or Wednesday dopamine um, hit that comes from I Do Movies Badly refreshing in their podcast feed. Um, long story short, uh, life got in the way. I am recording this and posting on Thursday, December 3rd. I had watched the film on Tuesday, December 1st with the intention of posting an episode on Wednesday, December 2nd. However, some things um, not just uh, got in the way of my plans, but in addition, I was also (laughs) dragging my feet, to be honest with you, a little bit, because I was hoping that some time and space away from, or or, or some distance kind of uh, between watching the film and recording the episode, that I would come to some type of profundity or revelation or clarity as to what I would say about this episode or this film and what I'm responding to because to be completely honest with you I found this film to be one of the most inaccessible films I've ever seen and if you have stuck with me from the very beginning first and foremost thank you what sort of masochist are you but secondly you'll know that I've struggled a couple times on this podcast with certain films and filmmakers, but it hasn't been for a while. Andre Tokarski uh, was uh, was very difficult for me. Um, I even admitted to kind of falling asleep during watching The Mirror, which I'm not proud of, but just happened. Uh, Ingmar Bergman, going very way back to one of the you know one of my very first themes ever, really struggled with um, some of his films, including Persona. Um, and in, 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 in over the years, I've gotten better at, if not being able to understand a film and what a director is trying to do with it, then at least kind of being in touch with my feelings regarding what is this film, what is this scene, what is this making me feel, what is it eliciting, what themes am I seeing play out, and how do I respond to them? And even with all of that, I genuinely do not know how to review this film. I do not know what I am responding to because, uh, I mean, on the surface, I understand on paper what is happening. I was able to follow the narrative. There was nothing about what happens on a, on a, 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 a macroscopic level that was confusing to me, I genuinely understood the story beats, but why they were occurring, what um, the director was trying to do with them, 
what he was trying to invoke within me with the way that he directed some of his actors to perform uh, with some of the metaphors or analogies that he was quite literally depicting why blue was a central theme a lot of these things I, 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 I saw that he was trying to do something but I just didn't understand what he was trying to do and, and, and even with that um, even trying to distance myself or separate myself from um, intent uh, and trying to focus on interpretation, I wasn't, I, I didn't even have a clear sense of what I was feeling or, or what certain scenes were evoking in me other than, than just frustration that there seemed to be so, such inconsistency, deliberate, I would, I would suggest or, or, or assume, uh, between characters' actions from one scene to the next, and it, it was just a very, for me, a very difficult movie to engage with. And I, I've always, you know, I, I try to do a bunch of reading um, and research when it comes to the production of a film, but also, you know, essays and that kind of stuff. The Criterion Collection is great with that because I, I can get the the perspective and the opinions of other people. Um, and, and, and kind of see like, what is it about this film that you saw that I may have missed? Or what is it about this film that you loved? Um, uh, you know, that, that may have been very specific to you as an individual, but at least would inform something that I can respond to or that I can react to, or that I can agree or disagree with. And there's no shortage of opinions on this film out there. It certainly is considered to be, if not a, a classic, then certainly a cult classic, um, and is beloved in certain um, online film circles. And there even is a, um, you know, a, a Zulowski scholar in a guy named Daniel Bird who wrote an essay on this film, which um, I don't have in front of me because it is not one that you can find online. It's kind of only in the physical 24-page booklet in the special edition DVD release from this film that I think comes... Is it from Anchor Bay or Shout Factory or, or something? But it, it is a very um, slick um, physical production that Benny lent to me, and so that's what I was using to watch. And, and, I, and I should have read that before um, I even recorded this episode. I meant to, but I assumed um, what it, it turns out now, foolishly, that I'd be able to find it online and... and and quote from it or or pull something from it but as it turns out that's not the case it's not easy to find online and the essays that i did find online or the reviews that i did find online didn't help things become any clearer for me because this film seems to be so individual and subjective in its creation that the responses that i was able to find the reviews that i was able to to find were also so individual and specific to those people because similar to the frustrations that I had with reviewing House is I don't have, and I was trying to do research, I don't have a whole lot of context on Polish cinema, on um, Zulowski as a filmmaker and what his oeuvre might be, what he is you know known for. I know he's a kind of a controversial and, and almost, I guess, kind of violent filmmaker, but I, I don't... Because I don't know what came before, I don't necessarily know what I'm responding to. What is this a reaction to? What is this um, saying about things? And even the reviews that I was able to find, even the 
the opinions that I was able to solicit from <laughs> from my two friends, thanks Benny and Andrew, um, seem to come down to this film is madness, and that's what I love about it. That people aren't really responding to um, it as a reaction to something. They're not really responding to specific you know, specific aspects of it breaking the mold when it comes to mise-en-scene or its its individual cinematography or editing or performances as much as people are saying this film is fucking mad and that's what I love about it. And now, once again, I've talked about this in this month even that um, I just because something is mainstream doesn't mean I automatically love it and just because something is art house or highbrow doesn't mean I automatically dislike it. Um... Once again, Last Year at Marion Bad is a film that I really appreciate because of how fucking weird it is and how purposeful that is. Um, but I think part of what I appreciate that is within the context of a film movement in the French New Wave, which was trying to kind of shift the paradigm in filmmaking. So Alain René was sort of like, well, I'm going to take this to what I seem to be or believe to be its logical extreme, which is pure insanity. Um, and so, even with that, there's sort of a context that I'm responding to when it comes to why that movie is insane and why I respond to it being inaccessible and nonsensical. Um, with Zolowski in possession, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be latching on to because I'm not one that automatically appreciates a film which is supposed, which is trying to be provocative. I, I, I'm not necessarily immediately engaged by intentional provocateurs. Lars von Trier's films don't really do much for me. I really like Melancholia, but everything else I've seen from him is just like, cool. You're trying to alienate me and piss me off, and I don't respond well to that. And I don't think that's necessarily what Zolowski is doing, but uh, you know keying into these feelings of like, I'm just, I'm so frustrated with watching this movie, and, and it's so, it is so maddening, um, I, I started kind of thinking that's what he wants me to feel, he wants me to feel mad, he wants me to feel disconnected and alienated, and that doesn't make an enjoyable or even worthwhile viewing experience for me as an individual. I know that the idea came to Zolowski and, you know, maybe he was writing it and working on it when he was going through a divorce, but even thinking of that as a context or a framework further muddles the picture for me. Because then I think, like, okay, so thinking about that and thinking about the negativity I'm sure that he was feeling... I, I, then I, I look at, you know, uh, you know, the Anna character and think that she is, for Sam Neill's character of Mark, she is infuriating, she is antagonistic. He, it seems like he clearly looks at her as someone who is deceitful, perhaps even evil. Um... And I, I wonder, okay, so if Zolowski was working on this film while he was going through a divorce, 
is this film misogynistic? Is he misogynistic? Is he is he looking at his soon-to-be ex-wife and also the Anna character as someone who is to be loathed, hated? Are we supposed to hate her because of this weird octopus thing that she's been fucking? Um, that she's been lying to and leading on two different men that ultimately caused them to collide with each other in a a very violent homicidal way are we supposed to relate to mark are we supposed to loathe him if we're supposed to relate to mark i couldn't really find any moment in this movie that spoke to a universal truth for me again it's very specific to me or any moment where i really kind of understood him or related to him and then so if i'm supposed to loathe him why am i watching a movie about him um what do these (laughs) everyone just seems to hate each other and i i have a very hard time getting into a movie like that and yeah, and I don't want to be the guy that, that that says, please someone explain this movie to me. I don't want to be the guy that says, I don't get it. Once again, hearkening back to the conversation I had with Benny, to, to say I don't get it seems to imply there is one reading of this movie that you are not keyed into. And I was certainly not keyed into any reading of this movie. I don't know... I don't know what I'm responding to because my frustration with its being, with its being inaccessible kind of acted as a layer of separation between my viewing experience and my taking or interpreting something from it. I don't know if I'm making any sense right now, and that's what this movie has done to me. It's, it's, it's so thoroughly baffled me that I don't know what I'm responding to. I mean, there is, I guess, some technically viscerally cool stuff in here, but... The performances are so melodramatic, which I have to assume is intentional, but it seemed so kitschy, and I, I can't balance the kitsch with the, or I can't reconcile, I should say, the kitsch elements of the movie with the darkness of it. It really seems like a fever dream of a kind of movie, and it wasn't a, an enjoyable or pleasant experience to me and not one that I typically want to repeat and maybe you're listening to this and thinking and saying to this (laughs) to this podcast well that's exactly the point it's such an unpleasant experience this is what he was trying to do you're you're responding the right way cool I don't really that that's not what I look for in a in a in a movie if this is what he was trying to do if this is what he was trying to elicit within me I don't appreciate it. I don't really respect it. Um, and and I, I, was, I, I got lost in so many um, thought tangents as to what is this movie invoking within me and even just thinking of how, how it seemed like it was such a specific individual intimate experience for this guy. And cool, I mean, that's valid entirely, but also... If it is so specific, why are you putting it out there for other people to engage with and just... Uh, I 
I don't want to say I don't get it. I don't. I don't want to say I don't get what this film is trying to do, but I will say I certainly don't understand what people respond to in this movie. I don't really understand what I'm supposed to latch onto. What, what a, uh, what I'm supposed to be appreciating in this movie. Because there are certain individual specific elements that I can certainly appreciate. The really cool kind of circular uh, dolly shot indoors when Sam Neill is trying to convince his employees or employers that they need to hire his successor. It's a really cool achievement and some of the practical effects are wonderful. And, and, and there's a real visceral feeling to, like I said, like some of those effects and some of the darkness when the when the um, detective uh, finds the thing that Anna has been hiding in her apartment, it, it made my skin crawl. So there's individual things that I can appreciate. I just, I don't understand how they work together as a whole. And that's the, that's the difficult thing for me. I'm not, uh, I, can in, I can respond to individual moments. I, I don't know as a whole what I'm, what I'm supposed to be getting out of this. And maybe I'm framing it improperly, you know, I shouldn't be looking at it as like, well, here's what you should get out of it, or here's the supposed to element of it. But I, I just, this movie left me so baffled. And, 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 and to the extent of, I don't really care to revisit it. Because I've now been spending almost 20 minutes talking about, I, I, <laughs> I don't understand this thing. Why would I willingly subject myself to that experience Again, now perhaps because on a second viewing, once I know what happens, I can appreciate or or pay more attention to what is happening below the surface. But, um, I'm not curious, <laughs> you know. So why would I do such a thing? Why would I, if the purpose of this film or if the director's intention is just to elicit madness? or to invoke madness, it's not something that I want to revisit. So, I don't really have much else to say about Possession, so I apologize for not just the lateness of this episode, but then you had to uh, wait for a very short episode in which I'm basically rambling in the dark um, about a movie that I did not enjoy sitting through and don't plan to do so again so I apologize for that but uh this this was arguably the most difficult movie I've had to engage with on this podcast I mean once again Tarkovsky was hard Ingmar Bergman was hard Kim Ki-duk was pretty difficult um but this one just uh, I mean at least Tarkovsky I'm thinking like I should probably revisit the mirror um, Kim Ki-duk, I should, you know, maybe one of these days, if I ever have time, revisit, you know, some of the stuff that he made, and Persona, or Ingmar Bergman, is like, okay, I'm, as I'm getting older, there's a, I'm, I'm sure there's stuff in there which is going to resonate more with me than it did, you know, five years ago, but this was just unpleasant, inaccessible, and I kind of just want to move on from it, and, um, and also, <sighs> This is not directed at any uh, any individual, but I don't. I also don't like movies 
and I guess this can't be controlled, but um, the fact that there are some people that kind of get a kick out of a reaction like mine, where they 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 kind of take a, a sadistic joy in um, my confusion and 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 displeasure is. I don't know. It seems to lend almost a mean spiritedness to the movie, um, or to the people that really like and engage with the movie. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. It might just be that I'm that this movie has upset me so much that I don't really know um, what how to react to it. But yeah, that's that's um <laughs> that's possession. Once again, sorry that this was not a more illuminating episode, um, and that of course also does it for. Highbrow Horror, which of course has um, bled into December, um, and that means that there's a new guest and a new theme coming up next week. Oh, I should, I guess, also, um, I typically do the thing where I tell everyone that if they want to watch um, Possession again or for the first time, there are the places you can do it. And I didn't have that um, keyed up, I'm doing it right now, because Normally, I have to explore that option as well, but this was uh, one of those rare instances where um, I actually had the physical um, the uh, physical copy. And actually, now that I'm looking at JustWatch.com, doesn't really seem like you can um, watch Possession anywhere online. Um, which, hey, maybe that's a good thing for um, society, but um, I don't know. The, do I even want to hear? You know what? Fine. If, if you love Possession... I am genuinely curious to hear why. So email me, you do, sorry, you do movies badly at gmail.com. Uh, tweet at me at Nolan Fixes Teeth. Um, there is also a comment field um, if you are listening to this through battleshipretention.com. Um, and, or yeah, uh, anywhere else that you, that you get podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, or I do movies badly.podbean.com. I am. Um, morbidly curious, I guess, as to what people find so enthralling about this movie, so by all means, um, feel free to let me know. So, end of this theme, moving on to the next theme. Beginning next week, I am uh, kicking off the the annual Christmas tradition at I Do Movies Badly, in which um, author and podcaster Alonzo Duralde of Linoleum Knife, uh, Who Shot You, amongst a few other podcasts, and the author of Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas, has joined me again, um, and this year, because um, it is 2020, and it's been kind of a shit show of a year, we are continuing the horror theme that has been going since late spring or early summer, and he has recommended me some Christmas horror films. And now, keeping in mind that I've covered Black Christmas on this podcast, I've covered um, Rare Exports on this podcast, the titles that he recommends may not be the ones that you suspect, uh, there's no Krampus in there, there's no um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and um, sorry for those of you out there who may be hoping for uh, a Bill Goldberg appearance, there is no Santa Slay. Um, so I, 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 uh, I was surprised by all three recommendations, some of these were movies that I didn't even know existed, so it's a lot of fun, the episode's been recorded already, um, it was a great conversation, so I am looking forward to um, putting that episode out next week, and looking forward to another year of um, picking Alonzo's brain and engaging with some of his recommendations that come from his um, encyclopedic um, Yuletide brain, so... Yeah, that does it for um, Highbrow Horror. 
That does it for possession. That does it for the month of November, which I am putting in air quotes because this is obviously December and um, we have uh, bled into it a little bit. So be sure to tune in next week where I will be talking to Alonzo Duralde about some Christmas horror films and where hopefully I will be just a little bit less ignorant. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 